If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 102, powered by Elgato. Thank you, Elgato, for being an amazing powering system. We are using two of your microphones right now, the Wave 3 mic. You guys can check it out in the description of the video or the audio. We love it. USB, best mic uh, I've ever had. Uh, so thank you. Of course, you can check out their site to see all their other cool products. They, like we've said before, a very unique company indeed. We have a Stream Deck as well. You have one of their ring lights, Cinderin, uh, Cinderan, as I'm saying this. So good, good shit. Thank you. Uh, how are you doing on this level? Incorrect, Shannon. I have their key light. I said ring light. Yeah, but I have their key light. It's two different products. One is a ring and the other one is a key. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, Sorry to screw that up. Very uninformed. <laughs> I hope they don't cancel their powering of our episodes because of this screw up at the beginning. Oh, I think they're really happy because I mentioned the key light as well. It's like, oh, true. that's right. We also have that one. That's true. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's get started. It's not the super long yes. episode, but well, we can go over our patron shout-outs as per norm, Cinderin. Thank you to our In Bruges tier, which takes us five minutes to get through. Uh, thank you to Manu. Sind, if you like crime drama, you should check out Line of Duty from the BBC. It is S tier. Line of Duty. He, he'll put that on his list of things to yep. watch eventually. World's yep. Longest Poultry Gnome. Terra Arcanum Dragonite plugs appear like a Ricky Blink sticking a defenseless crystal maiden. Tell Contar Prime, I listen to this podcast ironically. Okay. I like that name. That's good. Valve released TI date so I can book, book flight, please. When Cinderin finally got an emotion chip in Star Trek Insurrection, I remember squeezing my GF's hand with hope in my heart. I don't have that one yet. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Chakar, Boyko Ustavko Mutro, The Megapope, We Say Thongs, A Footwear or Undies Podcast, TI in New Zealand, Zan Xavier, Suns Fan Pudge Omega Lol, Nate Thicko Zero One Hamscroats Misses Fellowship of the Ping and thinks they should come back as Return of the Ping. Bacon, it's oh, actually just it's, bacon. No, it's just bacon, yeah. I, I, it's become muscle memory at this point. And going mm -hmm. to a family reunion and slapping my relatives' faces so fast as if I'm a solar-crested gyrocopter using flat cannon. Okay. Also, thanks to... <laughs> Lick, Shark TM, Nelvi Panda, Dop, Eating Chosnig Makes You Happy and Healthy, Underscore Man... Ben Broomhead has been lazy with his Patreon. Sorry. Happy 100 episodes, though it's been a wild ride. Let's see how long it takes until he changes that one. Now we're on 102. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Dun Talk, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, 
Soldier Boy are these nuts. Peter Shaquille O'Neal almost hit hit almost twelve thousand baskets in his career. Exactly one of them was a three pointer. Niebling, Ronnie Keel, and Perka the Dirk. Thank you, friends. And yes, not surprised by that. Is that Shaquille true? The Shaquille O'Neal thing. Uh, yeah, I would assume so. I would not be surprised. He was a dunker. He was yeah. Everything he shot was within the free throw line, and once you get to the free throw line, extended basically nothing. Uh, terrible free throw shooter. And the reason is because his hands were so big that it's like if we mortals were picking up a baseball, that's what it was equivalent to. Might be a slight exaggeration, but his hands are enormous, so it makes it difficult to shoot. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's get on to our NBA question, Cinderin. Hey, yes. Uh, by the way, Suns are 100% guaranteed to make the playoffs. Just want to throw that out there. We are second in the West. Good. Things nice. are good. Things are Let's good. Let's go, Anthony Hopkins. We'll get to that as well. Uh, what is a bask- NBA basketball made out of, Cinderin? Uh, orange. Orange peels or just orange? All right, let me try again. The way you said that made it sound like both answers are incorrect. Um... Damn, that's a really good question. I'm going to go with ball. Good effort. Uh, it is made out of, I mean, there might be a slight, you know, what's the right word? Combination or hybrid of type stuff that they do, but it's leather. Generally, it's leather basketballs. Sooner. Oh, I actually could have said leather. I thought it was more complicated than that. It's no. not, but the reason I bring it up is because there was a time uh, about 10, 15 years ago or something like that where... They tried to make a transition to a hybrid rubber basketball, okay? And this is after mm-hmm. using leather for literally the entirety of the NBA. And the reason for that is obviously they want to, you know, save the environment, don't have to kill as many cows, et cetera, et cetera, which is understandable. But the players met it with, you know, quite a visceral reaction because obviously they spent their entire lives playing with a leather ball. So uh, they were not happy about it, but they did it. They changed to this hybrid basketball, which was was called a composite basketball. Now, halfway through the season, after the complaints were made, players like our Steve Nash or Jason Kidd started getting paper cuts so bad they would have to play with bandages on like all of their fingers because of these basketballs. So once that got out into the media, they went back to leather, and it's still leather today. That's- so. It's good to know, or well, I don't know if that's good to know, but it clearly shows their allegiance that the organizers of the NBA do side with players more than cattle. Like, they, they think that, okay, if the players are getting hurt, that is worth more than cows. So, it's just like... That's a good way to look at it. It's just good to get that established, right? Like, if it, if it hurt neither, then we're siding with the cows, but if it hurts the humans, then we're siding with the humans here. So, mm-hmm. you know... I think what we can conclude based on that is that the people sitting on the NBA board are humans and not cows based on that outcome. If it was cows, they would have been like, ah, it's just a paper cut, you know? Yep, that's correct. Thank you for your analysis of this great situation. Okay, next thing. I have all this shit listed because a lot of stuff happened this last week that was not Dota related. Uh, I watched Mortal Kombat. I'm not going to, no spoilers, don't worry. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm guessing this, is this even a movie that you're remotely interested in watching? Uh, Yeah. I'll probably find time for it in like 2024. Okay. So my review of it is not good. I, I did go in with higher than normal expectations. 
uh, because the preview okay. did look really good and it's rated R. So mm-hmm. the things I liked, the goriness were great. Scorpion as a character, great. That, that's about it. That's where it ends. The, the story okay. itself is literal fucking garbage. And the thing, I'm not going to get, some of the casting choices were really bad. Some of the acting was really bad. The thing that makes me the most angry about it, other than the story being absolute trash, is the main character is vanilla, boring as fuck, not even a character in the game. By the end of it, you still don't give a shit about this character at all. I, I'm trying to understand on what level. It's like when you I watch look... your stream. Uh, thank you, Cinder. You're a great friend as always. Anyway, like I was saying, this character sucked. Okay, I, it just so many problems with this movie. If you go in not expecting much, you you could enjoy it. But like I said, I was expecting a little bit more. Like there's certain things that there's a certain level. If you have that much of a budget, get people that are good at acting at least, like at least passable. Just horrible. Wait, so none of the actors were known? No, there, some of them were. I mean, not mega known, but you've seen them here and there, and some of them uh-huh. are fine. It's like two or th- if you have two or three actors in the movie that are literal fucking garbage at acting, including the main character, you have a problem. The casting was awful, just beyond awful. And again, the story ugh, makes me so angry because they could have made it good. They really could have made it good, but not good. Uh, okay, next thing uh, of my monologue that I'm going to continue with here, Cinderin. Uh, mm-hmm. I did play yes. Hero- Heroes of New Earth on my stream, and it was a lot of How fun. How was it? I wish that you could have played with me. That would have been interesting to see your reaction. You would have stomped me. It's funny because I did get accused of smurfing after not playing for literally 10 years. <laughs> literally um, 10 years. No, that's not true. I played once like a year and a half ago or two years ago. And but then, before that, it was 2011. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So, Such an old game. Yeah. And it, it was pretty easy to find a game overall. So... The reason I wanted to bring this up, it's not for any reason other than because I talk about it a lot and refer to it a lot. And some of it's like nostalgia, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I can clearly tell you the stuff I did and did not like for the most part. So Mm -hmm. the thing I really didn't like, and I I don't know if like, it looks like they're still updating the game, but the gold, this is something I didn't even, like I didn't fully grasp until I played Han how much better Dota is at this, right? Is the Mm -hmm. gold situation. Like, Farming is just so much harder, and like, or accumulating gold is so much harder. You die once, you basically lose like all your gold. Like, you can even be on a kill streak. Like, doesn't really. It feels like it's just you're playing a 50 minute game, and you feel like you're farming. Okay, you have two items. Like the gold discrepancy between Dota and Han. Not obviously Han's dead. I'm just saying that's something that because it was a carbon copy of Dota at one point, so we can actually compare right. it to what Dota was like. So that is a huge difference that I found. Um. But, you know, the turn rates were nice. Pudge felt like an actual hero that I could play. Uh, I destroyed. Heroes so much more fun in Han. It's not even close. And then some of the, you know, hero designs in general are just really cool that I wish they would bring, but they're not going to. So I thought that would be interesting to talk about. Uh, and then last but not least, the Oscars occurred, Cinderin. I'm guessing Yay! you did not. Did you watch anything? No. You're you're so prepared for this. People are gonna rage I mean, again. I mean, it's also a shit time for me. I know. The Oscars are like I don't know, 
garbage o'clock, right? Well, not to be a negative Nancy, but that's basically my middle name right now. Uh, you didn't miss much because it was the worst Oscars I've ever seen. I had, I skipped by most of it at a certain point. They had it in like this okay. little like they were trying to you know abide by like Corona stuff, which is totally understandable. But it was directed apparently by Steven Soderbergh, who's a famous director. It was the most pretentious piece of shit production. Like I don't want to even get the detail. It was just so so bad. Okay, and the whole night, the whole night was set up. It was very obvious. This is how it typically works, okay? You have these awards that people, no offense, some people, you know, most people don't care about a lot of the awards. It's just like the big five or six awards, right? The best actor, best actress, right. blah, blah, blah. So typically you 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 save, you kind of layer them. You know, you put a big one here, then a bunch of shitty stuff that nobody cares about, hmm. and you sprinkle them in. So typically, like the best actress and best actor will come towards the end, and then the final award is best picture. It's the most important because you have the entire right. cast come up on stage. Everybody says thank you. You know, it's this nice heartwarming moment. And then the show ends, right? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what happened. It was hilarious. So okay. throughout the whole thing, first of all, they let people speak for a really long time. So it'd be like five minute speeches that are just like mind numbingly boring, but that's beside the point. So the last three awards were actually big ones. So they just went right in a row. Went best picture first they did not end with best picture then best actress yeah. then best actor and it was very obvious why they did this because the whole night felt like it was gravitating towards this situation where chadwick boseman as you know died this last year and he was nominated mm -hmm. for one of the films that he was in and he has won like every other movie award I, that, that i know of like i forget what they're even called uh shit i'm forgetting the name right now but they have a bunch of awards before the academy awards and he won basically all of them so they're fully expecting him to win, and they want to end the show with him winning because his family's there, et cetera, et cetera. Best picture uh, was Nomadland, which I have not watched. Don't really care to watch, if I'm being honest. Best mm -hmm. actress was Frances McDormand from Nomadland as well. And then the final award, best actor, everyone expecting Chadwick Boseman, but instead... Anthony Hopkins, Cinderin, for the father. And not only did Chadwick Boseman not win, Anthony Hopkins wasn't even attending. They had a fucking picture of him. So the the guy giving out the award is the, the actor from last year who played Joker. He's like, best actor goes to Anthony Hopkins, who's not here. So we're going to be, you know, uh, accepting this on his behalf. Thank you for watching. Good night, everybody. And just cuts. That's the end. <laughs> Of the Academy Awards. It was so bad. But having said that, and this is what I'll close with, Cinderin, that's the first time I've yelled audibly watching the Academy Awards because I was so happy that Anthony Hopkins won because that was the best performance ever. So I think, yeah, overall happy with that. But the show was terrible. So Okay. I guess... One thing that's worth mentioning for me is that the best international feature was a Danish movie this year. That's um, true. Which I'm not really like personally invested in, but I think it's good for Danish film productions that they get a ti another title. I think it's the I read that it's the fourth time Denmark wins the best international feature in the Oscar history. Oh, really? And went to another round. In Danish, it's called Druk, which means... I don't know how to translate that, actually. That might be why they translated it like this. 
are you going to watch any of the movies that won that were Dan- Danish? Uh, I think I'll watch another round at some point. It's got a lot of really positive stuff going for it. And then I think I'll also watch The Father because I'm a good friend. Oh, but that's very I'm nice not going to tell you exactly when I watch it because then you're going to hold me to it and I don't like that. That's fine. I'm not expecting much anyway. But that's the, good. Another oh, there's a film thing. called My Octopus Teacher. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Hopkins has been on record for not liking the Oscars either. So that just made it even more beautiful to me because, you know, nice. there's, there's some things about the Oscars that I really dislike as well. Okay. Uh, let's get into some Dota 2 news. There was a blog post this past week, which we wouldn't have been able to talk about if we hadn't changed our schedule, Cinderman. Aha! Uh-huh. Introducing True. DPC team profiles. I guess I'll just read everything that's on this list. Season 2 of this year's DPC slate is up and running, and today's update includes new team profiles the next piece in an evolving platform of features designed to help you track all the action in Dota competitive play. You can check out profiles for all Division 1 and 2 teams by hand, by heading to the watch section of the game. Click on any team to visit their hub, which contains team and player stats plus top heroes. You'll also find each team's season schedule, which provides an easy way to view upcoming opponents or watch past replays. Stay tuned for more updates as we move through the season of play. We've also added a spoiler-free mode for all DPC content in the client. To use it, just click the live option in the upper right hand of the watch section and you'll be opted out of live updates. In this mode, you'll have manual controls over revealing match results and current standings. And of course, the most hilarious part, team profiles will not only provide a way for you to stay connected to your favorite teams, but they will also be an integral part of the upcoming fan content system that's currently in the works. How long has that currently been in the works for? Uh... About four months. Okay. But then they came out with a new player experience, so something tells me right. that they just stopped. So thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, that's like the big thing to talk about here, right? Because there's something a lot of people have been complaining about was that they were promised that there would be these team bundles and season one is long over and they never dropped. So the teams that aren't playing anymore in season, that were in season one basically lost revenue uh, if there's no like compensation of whatever kind so that sucks um as far as this goes i'm always a fan that people can choose spoiler free mode so that's nice and i think this overall is just a good integration and addition to the game um it's a nice and easy way for people to follow because i think a lot of the time in dota it can be in these tournaments it can be a little bit chaotic with how many games there are and how many matches how many like play days and whatever so just having it condensed inside the client is very nice and arguably we should have had it a while ago right as long as there was valve stuff um so yeah it's fine yep it's kind of a smaller mind-blowing though it's just good yeah no it's just an addition to stuff that they already had in so it's nice to see that they're continuing to update it and at least they're addressing that they're working on i mean isn't the dpc season two half over essentially at this point so uh something like that so i feel like these team bundles would need to come out in the next week or two for it to even make any difference for some of these teams that are just not i mean like arkosh they're not going to make it anywhere right they're just a middling tier two team division two they're going to be stuck there forever but i guess they'll probably make a lot of money anyway but I guess what they might be aiming for is to drop the fan bundles before the playoffs, but then a lot of the teams are eliminated. So, yeah, 
again, then it's like, who will buy a bundle for an eliminated team? I don't know. Some people will, of course, but it's probably less than if they were still in the tournament. So again, not very good. Um, I, I think in terms of chronology, the the season still has... It has more than a month to go because the the land portion is in is later, right? Because the the group stage ends May nineteenth. So three weeks away. Let me see. May the last scheduled match is May nineteenth. Yeah, that's week six, and then there's obviously the major, which comes later, and that's also technically a part of this, right? So. But yeah. Yep. So that's the basically main update from this week. Uh, let's talk about, or let's transition to DPC in general. Um, I want to, we didn't really prep, prep for this, but did you watch Zai's game on Axe by any chance? Only like a clip or two. I so didn't watch the game itself. I didn't get to watch it myself since I'm covering NA, but. I was told specifically since I build shard manta on him all the time. Uh, yeah. now, keep in mind, I do a little bit differently because my games go longer. But apparently, he went, I believe, Vanguard Manta, so not even a blink at that stage into mm. shard. Uh, and apparently, it was quite good. A lot of people were talking about it. So good to see that that is. You know, we've seen a little bit here. You set and there. the meta. Well, you know, I don't want to take credit for this myself, but no, this is something that we see a lot of people trying in pubs. It. A lot of people are asking if they think it's a meme. I, I don't think it's a meme at all. Like you no. have the shard itself, I just think you have to buy if unless you're like trying to get a BKB or something. I think at some point in the game you want to get the shard, no matter your build on Axe. It's just that good. Um yeah. increases the these players are not memeing in the DPC. Right. So they think it's good if they're buying it. It's really that simple. So right now for EU Alliance is at the top. Going four and zero, and every series has been two one. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Loda will be very well. He's still pretty grumpy about it, but uh, just because nobody's picking them to win, like, <laughs> takes it very personal. I, I I can't help but laugh. It's just it's such a I don't even know what the right word is, but it's too funny. But yeah, they are four and zero in terms of series. OG's right behind them at two and one, so they haven't played as much. Uh. What what have you thought about the games that you've been able to catch from EU this side or this time around? I mean, it's a new patch. There's gonna be a lot of variants, I think, especially in week one. Like teams are just playing, uh, picking all over the place, and maybe things are stabilizing a little bit more. Uh, I think the the most interesting thing overall is how close the series are. Right, like almost everything has been a two one, even with the bottom teams playing against supposed top contenders. Right. Like, uh, the Hellbear Smashers have lost three series, but all of them were 2-1. They took a game of Secret and OG. Alliance, like we said, had four 2-1s. Secret are currently 2-2, which is, you know, surprising, I think, to a lot of people. Generally, you just consider Secret as flat-out top three, maybe even first place most of the time. So... It seems like this patch is really shifting up some things that Secret are not adapting to as well as other teams. And I guess that's kind of a breath of fresh air for the region, right? That Secret isn't owning everyone for once. Um, yeah, but it feels bad that they didn't get to play that's TI like the while they were peaking, right? Yeah. 
it does. That's the one downside here. But, but as far as as far as the patch goes, I think it's kind of working in the intended way that the the, the game from what I've seen, the games feel less like they're following quote unquote a script where there isn't this again, I've talked it to death on this podcast by now, but I'm just so happy that the games feel more dynamic to me when I play, when I watch. I can't it's not like, oh, they're just now we're waiting for minute X and then we're gonna do exactly this, exactly that. There's all sorts of weird stuff happening. Uh, we've had some really absurd comebacks. I think there was a game in NA with, was it Envy who had Mega Creeps against Quincy and then Quincy won with uh, a 93k gold lead in the end or something? Yeah. I have, I have a hard time seeing that happening last patch. It could have, but it I think it's also a symptom of the patch. It's, I think it's a symptom of Eternal Envy, if I'm being honest, because <laughs> I, I definitely watched that game. Uh, that was, oh, that was painful. That was so, you're right. They were up, I forget how much they were up, but they got Mega Creeps and they were ahead mm -hmm. and they end up losing with Mega Creeps by almost 100,000 net worth. That is unprecedented. Part of it could be the economy change, right? Where there's more of a comeback chance. So that was the kind of game you would just write off last patch and this time maybe there's like a little bit more chance for the losing team to come back and they made it happen. So, Of course it was, you know, stuff like that happens when the other team is making a lot of mistakes. They made many mistakes after getting Mega Creeps that ended up costing them the game. Mm -hmm. I know it's hilarious because at the end, uh, which they never even tried to push the throne at any point, that was kind of the issue. Like literally 25 minutes of them never ever trying to push the throne. Uh, he was Wraith King. He had the tier five items were up. He had the giant's ring on Wraith King. Mm -hmm. And he went finally, even though the game was basically over at that point, last ditch effort to try to hit the throne and there's a wyvern hitting him with a ballista so he could not hit the ancient <laughs> it was classic envy but the thing is he actually could as someone pointed out when you have giant's ring you have terrain walking so you can stand inside the throne right. but he didn't think about it i guess well but even if he had it crazy. wouldn't have been enough damage anyway no it wouldn't have been enough like he not again not to harp on envy because i think he's actually really good for the game but he ended up selling like two different items in the game he just takes up so much more farm than everybody else. Like he had a storm spirit that basically had like support type farm because he's taking all the farm on the map. Like he uh. was a slotted. He never even got ags, which was crazy. Just sells items and buys something else. Basically Wait. to get an abyssal to the end of the game. It was really weird. He didn't buy aganims in a no. hundred minute game or exactly. not hundred minute game, but no, he did yeah. not. Oh that, my God. That would have made a huge difference as well in certain fights. But anyway, that is very interesting. AKA not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, um, yeah. Final comment on it. I'm just looking across the match times on average here. I don't have the exact number, but it looks like most games last around the 35 to 40 minute mark on average. So I think that's also a pretty good game length. I think that's where most people will enjoy it. Then there's going to be the random outlier that goes really long, and some outliers that are like 20 minute stomps. But for the most part, um, I I like when the average game time is a little bit more than half an hour. I think 40 minutes is a great sweet spot for the game. Uh, but I also think it's really good when there needs to, it needs to feel like not every game ends then, right? There needs to be that variance that, wow, sometimes you get a one-hour game and holy shit, we stomped them in 20 minutes. I think it's important yeah. that the games are different like that. And in the pro scene, it looks like that for now. I think the longest game in EU is 52, something like that. And the shortest one was about 20, 27, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so that's for a good NA, I'm not going to talk about NA too much, but it's kind of been like it's been it's not the same as EU where everybody's like super competitive. It's obviously there's a tier system with EG and Quincy Crew at the top, but like a lot of the games have been mega stomps because the schedule is meant to do that essentially because the later it gets, the more hype the games are going to be. So they're starting to get a little bit more hype. Uh, but a lot of stumps thus far. I thought it would be cool if we so, transition, unless you want to, is there anything about the DPC you want to talk about before we transition to something, kind of a segue? I guess in NA we can mention that uh, Four Zoomers is one of the, like the top the top contenders in the region are usually Undying, EG, Quincy, and Four Zoomers, right? Yeah. And Undying, EG, and Quincy are lossless, but Four Zoomers have lost to both EG and Undying. So yeah. they're in a pretty bad spot. They basically yeah, need four... to win out now. My boy Brax, uh, four Zoomers. They, I don't know what it is about teams letting Beastmaster through against teams that are better than you. Like, I, I don't. It's like you're making the game harder on yourself. You have something in mind that will counter it, but the hero, like, it's weird to me because you know, Ice Frog will nerf the shit out of this again. <laughs> so why why make it more difficult on yourself? Like you've been trying. Like Gunner's been having some cool stuff with like Lone Druid mid where he, you know, he fears people away from the bounty rune. So he gets like every rune. Like it's pretty cool. But they've been like literal first picking Morphling and it's been real bad uh, to the point where I think EG, if I'm remembering correctly, just first two picked AA and the game was just over yeah. at that point. Did so it. It, it's just like they're overthinking it. I don't know. I'm, I feel bad for poor Zoomers. Not because my team bundle has my voice in it. I want them to stay competitive when that th comes out, but because Brax is my friend, mostly, right? Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's the DPC for NA and EU specifically. Um, okay, I want to segue into something because this wasn't on the outline originally. I want to talk about okay. things that you have seen in competitive play or in your pubs that you want changed in terms of like the patch because the first thing i'm going to bring up is right. your idea of things being more dynamic and less structured but there mm -hmm. is one thing that's quite structured at least to my like based on watching na games maybe from eu's mm -hmm. a different perspective is second roche is just game winning it feels like yeah get i think he gives too much i agree ages cheese short <laughs> i like the idea that he drops short maybe just delete do you like the idea of deleting cheese entirely sure i think that that would be that a natural enough, change. Like, if first Roche gives Aegis, second gives Aegis Shard, and third gives Aegis Shard Cheese, I would be on board with that. Well, what about and the And then Ags? the third one doesn't give Aghanim's, uh, or what is it? Aghanim Scepter, then. Oh, or you just delete Cheese, like you said. Hmm. Yeah. I like the Ags, though. Third Roche is cool. See, third Roche comes at a point where the game's getting really late anyway. So right. I'm actually so the okay relative difference is smaller. Right. It's the cheese um, or the shard that just puts it over the top, and I like the shard being there. I think that's cool. Yeah, I'll be okay with removing cheese. I think that's a cool idea. Okay. So what else have you seen that you would like changed? Uh, Beastmaster's access build I think is too good, but I don't want it to be nerfed to the point where people don't buy it anymore. I want it to feel like a conscious choice, but not like OP. Right. It's just too good. It's obvious that it's too good right now. Um. Yeah, that one's a. Uh, I think Morphling is too strong level one. So, the old morph had the the Achilles heel of yeah, you have free attribute shift, but your level one and two are trash. But now it costs a bit of mana, but it's not much. Uh, but then the shift rate on level one is three instead of one, making him like 
it feels like you need really specific things to bully this guy in lane. And I, at least the previous design had that weakness that you could exploit at the early levels. Uh, that's obviously harder unless the if the game is really high skill and people play very well in lane, you can punish. In like mid range or lower, people will not take advantage of that as much. But yeah, that has that Achilles heel has kind of been removed. And honestly, I feel like this this monocost thing hasn't really affected very much. Am I am I making this up? It does cost mana, right? Yeah, cost mana. It doesn't say on the spell, which is really weird. But I've been told by people mana, that, but it doesn't that, feel like it costs much. The people that we've talked to in the interviews and whatnot about Morphling think that it's actually not that big of a nerf overall, because you don't really need mm -hmm, that much mana to fully shift anyway. But yeah. it could just be NA. But the win percentage in NA with Morphling is super dog shit right now for sure. Mm -hmm. So. Maybe that's just a only reason. going off pub experience here. Uh, it's it's the number one hero I struggle with beating the most right now. Really, but that's oh. just you know personal bias. So, hmm. uh, what else would I like to see? Those are probably the two main things: the Beastmaster axes and the Morph Shift that come to mind. I have um, one. It's not patch related though. If you have something mm. better, just speak up now because it's going to be a bit of a rant. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i was actually thinking about you know how things can kind of translate from one entity to another from one scene to another from one game to another and you know here how, we go here comes the han shit let's you know, get it's not han okay. believe it or not oh it's actually real life shit so without getting oh. specifics here i don't want to get political you want a grocery store in the game so you know how the top one... Okay, I'm only going to speak for America. I'm not going to pretend to know anything uh -huh. about the rest of the world. The top 1%, the mm -hmm. richy rich people, you know how they right. end up brainwashing, I guess you could say, like the lower level people, let's call them, into aligning with interests that benefit the rich person and not actually mm -hmm. the poor people? That's very common, right? <clears throat> yeah. So you can talk about that with... Uh, like. Again, I don't want to get political. Like, let's say immigration in the U.S., for example. Like, a lot of these, the lower-level people, let's call them, the income people, they get really mad that immigrants are taking their jobs, when, in fact, they should be mad at the corporations for giving the jobs for less money to these people, right? It's kind of like a backward situation. So I, was, I don't know why this popped in my head, but I feel like the same thing is happening in Dota with pro players brainwashing, not intentionally, of course. It's not like... There's some vindictive nature behind this, but they're brainwashing oh. people into thinking the fountain is fine the way it is, Cinderin. <laughs> so let me, let let's just let's just talk about this from a logical standpoint, okay? Oh, not this shit again, <laughs> man. Let's talk about oh. this from a, just a complete logical standpoint. From a pro player perspective, they don't get fountain farmed because you GG out and the game ends. That's not the case for everybody else. So the argument from pro players that have, again, brainwashed the lower level, a.k.a. plebs like me, into thinking that things are fine the way they are, when they're in fact not, Cinder. And let me tell you why. So the argument is, oh, but we won't have these cool moments and these big tournaments where they dive the... Fa How the fuck often does that happen? One to two times every a year? Every OG game. Okay, every OG game, otherwise one to two times a game? I mean, they literally patched... 
uh, Phantom Lancer's passive not working in a fountain. Do you think that's normal? Is that a normal? That's like the shittiest Band-Aid I've ever heard in my life. You literally disable somebody's passive from the... Just have the whole fountain break then. Just disable all passives in the fountain. Just buff this shit. Like, there's thousands of games of people getting griefed in fountains, but we're... We're okay with that because these one or two pro games a year that seem really cool to watch because of the fountain diving make when it okay. Did that PL change what is this? That happened after the OG thing. I can't see that in any change log. Yeah, it was a ninja patch. So it's just like a mini patch or what? Yeah. So what exactly doesn't work in the fountain? Uh, this is the the uh, dop not doppelganger. What's his path? Juxtapose? Uh -huh. Chat's going to have to verify this for me. This is what I was told by pro players. But, or not pro players, but it was Reddit. Yeah, the, the literal... They're saying Juxtapose doesn't proc in the fountain. Right, it doesn't work in the fountain. So instead of buffing the fountain to do something global, like a normal... Like, why would you change one hero in the fountain and not just have it break? I don't think they should have done that either. That sounds dumb. Like, just okay. let it be the way it is. Let PL fountain okay. dive. Why? You're right. They Why? shouldn't have made that change. Those... Shannon. The top 1% are it, okay. brainwashing the 99 when it's ruining if you're our getting games. Farmed, if you're getting fountain farmed in your games, you, you just shouldn't have lost. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No. Okay, so there's a couple of ways around it, right? Like, if people are literally not ending the game but fountain farming you and you can't, uh, yes. you can't concede, you can sell your items and buy a blink dagger and blink away into the trees. If you wow. don't have enough net worth to sell all your items and buy a dagger, that's a problem. Then you buy a shadow amulet and hope the enemy team doesn't buy detection. Okay, number one, I can't tell, I legit can't tell if you're being serious right now. Okay, you're smiling. Okay, thank God. <laughs> because, like, no, honestly, the dagger suggestion is legit. Like, if you're actually getting fountain farmed like that, the thing is, I, I can't really. I guess the thing is, I can't relate because even in the most stompy high level games where people kill the other team in the fountain once or twice, then the game also ends. Yeah, and Elon like, Musk it, can't relate to me not being able to pay a bill every month, for God's sake. It like, it delays the game. That's a really interesting analogy. It delays the game by like one to two minutes. I have never. In how many games have I played play this game? Ten years. Yes. I have never been fountain farmed. I know. So it's just, I don't know how I big know. of a problem it is. I just can't relate. Like, how often does this happen to you? You're like, this is every the thing. pro why, game. Why don't you listen the to me then? Why don't you listen well, to me? I'm often? telling you. How often does it happen? It's not that often, but it's enough to have to buff the fountain. <laughs> All right? I mean, it's, well, yeah, okay. All so right. you it's said one of two things. Okay, you held it up against the pro scene where it's like, yeah, it's, it gives some cool moments here and there, but is it worth it? Well, tell me how often you get fountain farmed. Then we'll see if it's worth it. All right, let's say it's 1% of games. Let's just say it's a very low percentage, which it's not okay. quite. It's not 1%. Mm -hmm. It's less than, it's more than that. 1% of all the games of all pub players should outweigh mm -hmm. the fucking two games a year in competitive play that it looks cool, okay? If, but so, is, is, it, is it that binary of an argument to you? Do you not think no, no, being no. able to kill people in Fountain has value in pubs ever? No, it does. Is it only a bad thing? No, it, no that's, it's, okay. okay, there's a couple things Then that's here. also part of the argument. All right, let's, let's just say it this way, okay? There's, there's okay. two things, in my opinion, you can do to remedy this situation. Mm -hmm. Option number one is buff the fountain. Give it multi-shot, give it break, give it the Ursa thing that it already has. Make the fountain actually deeper so you can walk to a fucking safe point. 
Mm. Or option two, which nobody other than me wants, apparently, is add a fucking concede option so I can get out of this shit game, okay? Pro players in pubs don't have this issue because they say, GG, go down mid. They sit in fountain. There's an agreement. You guys are just trying to min-max because you're fucking nerds. Whereas fat, disgusting Yo, people like me... you don't know me. We... Nobody want nobody's on the same page. We're fucking animals. We're trying to eat each other alive. We're, we're the ones found oh, diving. They, for they were animals sake. too. All right, animal nerds. When there's a Smurf in the game, which is one out of every three fucking games anyway, I'm getting found dove. A certain percentage of those games. It's not all of them, but it happens enough that right. this is a legit thing that really bothers me. Okay, the worst thing right. in life, and you know this, from my perspective, is a Lakers fan. And why is it? That I hate Lakers fans so much, Cinderin. Because they fountain dive? Because they're sore winners. Fountain diving is sore winning. Okay? Is it? Yes. Okay. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Really appreciate it. That was a good it. talk. I learned a lot. Yeah, I'm sure you I did. I was really unaware that I was brainwashing people into fountain diving and liking it. So well, I will I'm, be again, sure to not do that anymore. I'm not saying it was malicious, but it's... so. I know that it sounds like I'm kidding. I'm actually being 100% serious. I actually think this is a thing. Because, pro. again, the game is catered to pro players, which is fine. But they're not going to be right on everything because, you, like you said, you can't relate to the issues of the 99%. And the 99%, for some reason, look up to pro players for every single opinion when, in fact, those pro players can be wrong, is all I'm saying. Okay? So I understand. Thank you, Cinder. Okay. What is, what is the concrete solution, you think? Buff the fountain. Yeah, okay. What do you want to do? If you're going to disable juxtapose, disable all passives. Just give it a an AoE break. If you enter the fountain, you are broken. Okay, do you think that's enough? I would like a multi-shot. I mean, you know me. I, I'd like to make it crazy. I think in order for the fountain, in order to prevent fountain dives, you need to make it something like League of Legends, where it's one-shot heroes after oh, like one no. second. I'm okay with a little bit of... No, that's fine. I'm talking about fountain farming. Where you're literally you just can, camping outside if you're, the base. If you're 30k ahead, you can fountain farm with... It, like 30k ahead, minute 30, and a game where you trashed the opponent, you can yeah. fountain farm if you want to, if it's twice as strong as right now. Doesn't yeah. matter. Even if it has break, multi-shot, you can still do it. That's fine. Because the I, fountain farming doesn't really necessarily mean that your heroes are in the fountain. It means that when the enemy heroes spawn, you snipe them, kill them, and back out. Mm. And they don't all respawn at the same time. So 5v1, you can keep killing people that spawn over and over again. So that doesn't really solve the problem. So... Well, I disagree because the fountain can, uh, it can increase. The needs its... to hit really fucking hard no, so I, that the person not, that gets hit by it dies really fast. I'm not asking for the fountain to insta-kill people. I'm okay with a dive in, dive out kind of situation. That's fine. I'm talking about the situations where you're literally sitting outside their fountain. They haven't even taken your tier three towers yet, and they can just sit there killing you over and over. They have a pudge hook, get you out every time, whatever the fucking case may be. Can't um, they just do that anyway if you buff the fountain? You can still hook people out. Yeah. <sighs> No, but like there's no that's solution. Not, it's not a okay. solution. Okay, that's fine. You know what? Add a concede then. Okay. Okay. Add a concede. You're, I'm you're sure. Trying to poke I holes am sure in my that this here. fountain thing. I'm sure that this fountain thing has been discussed a lot. So I really wonder, like, what the, like, what the reason is for doing slash not doing things on it is because you're not the only one who's frustrated with it. Clearly, it's something that a lot of people are bothered by. There's a I think it's more obvious why Conceit hasn't been added. The arguments for and against are pretty clear. Uh, Dota has its stance on it, which is fine. Other games have other stances, which is also fine. I'm not going to say Conceit is objectively good or bad, but it's just, it's a different style, so that's fine. But 
for the fountain. Concede, uh, it's not a binary thing. Like, it's not like I'm telling people that don't want concede that it's wrong. There's pros and cons to both. I understand that. And, you know, fountain farming is like, uh, there's no worse feeling. The thing, the thing that's tricky about something like concede is that it's, there's games that you would like to have it and there's games that you would not like to have it, right? So there are games where you're like, oh, fuck this. Let's just concede. And then there's other games where some people want to just give up and concede and just lose interest. And if the option is there, they will keep being uninterested in playing because they're like, just fucking concede. And you it think happens. you can win, and there's it plenty happens. of games you win that look horrible. So it's like a balance. So it's like, is it worth it or not? And in a game where clearly toxicity is a big problem, conceit does not make it better, I think. If anything, it makes it worse, but the trade-off could still be worth it if yeah, the overall game quality goes up or your frustration levels with being stuck in lost games goes down. So, like... No, I get... So here's... It, I've said tricky. this before, and I'm just going to quickly say it again. I'm somebody that would rarely ever concede, ever, anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, I think in all the games that I've said I want to concede, even though we couldn't, uh, I've won, I think, one of them in my entire 15 years of playing Dota overall. Right. Uh, but that's like, you. That's not no, the system. No, that's what, that's what I'm saying. And, mm -hmm. like, I'm somebody, I know I would not abuse that, but I know a lot of people would. I played Han. People yeah. abuse the shit out of mm -hmm. that, of course. That, yeah. But there are pros to it, but again, the cons are very obvious as well. So... Like when it comes to fountain farming, I think if you buff the fountain uh, in various ways, I, they make it deeper as well. I don't know why it's so shallow right now. Actually, you can definitely you can definitely mitigate. I, I think the point here is you can mitigate and remove some situations of fountain diving that you're pointing out by making the fountain stronger, but you're not prohibiting people that are really determined to do it in a game that they have stomped. Unless you make the fountain literally kill people almost instantly, right? Which I don't think I just, should be a thing. I just don't think. That's, there is. If, those are just those outlier a, games. They will happen. Yeah. There's okay. Right. If you're t let's say you take all the fountain diving games, and mm -hmm. you remove them by ninety five percent by doing what I said, which would happen. That's you very so? high. Yes, that's a very high percentage of games. I think I'll take that. Okay. Like it would happen seldom enough that it's not that big of a deal anymore. So, anywho, uh, okay. So next topic, um, we have. Oh, that's right. So. Do you think the TI Battle Pass will come out soon, if at all, this year? Because yes, in previous years, this has been it's been a May thing, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. So it should, in theory, be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And how do you if if you do think it's going to come out in what kind of package? Like, is it going to be? I guess it would have to be for next year's TI, right? Yeah, so that's the tricky thing, right? We have a Battle Pass for TI ten, and TI ten got delayed by a year, so. If we keep making battle passes for the next TI, the TI battle pass will always be a year early, which is also not, like, maybe not so good. So what they could do is they could put in something like the TI battle pass, but that doesn't fund the next year's TI. Um, or, yeah, see, it's fucking tricky, right? Because it's like, if you put in, like, let's say you have TI in August this year, and you put in some sort of battle pass now that leads into that TI, but doesn't contribute to it, um, then what is it contributing to? Is it just a battle pass where people can pay money for cool shit in the game and Valve gets the profits? That's that's one thing you could do, right? People will perceive that as incredibly greedy or whatever. Uh, I think a lot of people will, at least. 
The other option is that you make one for next year, which will just keep us at a delayed schedule for the Battle Pass forever. And it feels disconnected, right? That you're contributing a TI next year mm-hmm. and that the stuff that you get now isn't tied in with TI at all. Um, that's also weird. So, Or you could just not come out with a Battle Pass. That's the last option is to do nothing. Year. And then a lot of people will be disappointed that there is no Battle Pass. So I, I actually feel like Valve can't really win here. Um which sucks, but that's Corona, right? The question is what the best solution is. So I is, personally don't yeah, like the idea solution? that we get a battle pass that pays next year. I don't, I don't think it's like, it just feels weird. Um, you could technically make a battle pass that contributes to this TI and make the prize pool enormous, but, but then it's it already too big. Yeah. <laughs> it's already too big, so that's not really good either. You could make a battle pass that um, contributes to the next season of the DPC, and then there will be a normal battle pass next year that contributes to TI, and then we're caught up. That would be, a, so far, my favorite suggestion that I've made, just of brainstorming, but I don't think they're going to do that. Hmm. So I feel oh. like... But I do feel like something's going to come out. I feel like the community will be really disappointed in Valve... Must have been working on something with this, right? Well, I, I, or if I, they didn't, they could play with a open hand here and be like, guys, TI got delayed. We all know it sucks, but we want the battle pass to be tied in with TI, so there's not going to be one this year. And people are going to be annoyed, but it's at least would be communicated, right? I think so. Valve make too much money in the battle pass for that ever to actually happen. So the thing I think is going to happen is they will come out with the battle pass and it will be for next year. Mm-hmm. And people like me... And 99% of people will not care, actually, that it's in a right. year. I, I think people that buy the Battle Pass to contribute to the prize pool are a minuscule percentage that doesn't even right. matter. They just yeah, buy that's, it for hats. It's more about the, like, I was not having the perspective that people are buying it to. Because, I mean, if you wanted to contribute to the prize pool, it's not a problem, right? Then you're just mm-hmm. contributing to next year's TI. So I don't, I don't think... The people that specifically buy it to help TI will care that much about that. They know they're contributing to next year. But it's more about like the feel of the Battle Pass's connection to the event in general. Mm. That being trailing by a year forever just sucks, I think. But maybe it's the best thing we can do. I agree. They're definitely going to drop something, right? Because it's too profitable not to. So they so should do something. I think something. the thing that, but. and again, this I know that we've talked about this before, but your idea and the thing that we've talked about a lot would actually be perfect because of the corona situation. So this is where they make a big announcement. This is my S tier. This is what they should do. I don't think they will, but you you take you make a battle pass for next year's TI. You cap it and say any additional money you make past that point will be put into the next dpc season so as you're putting this in and the dpc season starts you know how much you're making for that year right based on the amount that's already been put in for the battle pass so and you have this big storyline you know let's say the cap is 30 million you know we're we're playing for the excess of that 30 million then we're going to be playing for the 30 million for ti i actually think that makes the storyline a little bit more interesting and it makes more logistical sense because you already have the money out there. You know how, exactly how much you're working with. So I think yep. that is actually the perfect scenario to actually make COVID work. And nobody complains, I think, in that scenario. And I think, actually, if you, if you think about it, 
it ties the battle pass a little bit more. I, I know if, I don't even know how important this is with the whole chronology or whatever. But if you do it like that, then the battle pass that you re release now, instead of it being the TI battle pass, it is the season season two battle pass, right? Of the new DPC system. So you get all this cool shit in the game, it leads into next season, and then maybe some of the rewards you get or whatever could be tied in with the DPC so that uh, if you pay for stuff, if you buy stuff, if you win stuff in the game, you get to see it during the next season as something you can use that not everyone can use. Mm -hmm. Then it will be like, it could be like some sort of fan pendants, actives in the game, whatever, that connects with, uh, with the season itself. Then it really feels like you're funding the season instead of you funding a TI that you don't get to see for a full year. And then that's what your battle pass money went to ultimately. Like you said, in the end, people are still going to buy it. You know, I would buy it too. The battle pass, you're mainly getting it for the stuff that it connects with. It's just, it feels like a shame, right? That usually the battle pass led into TI and it was like the culmination of the battle pass and everything you had. All the stuff is there with TI and now it would just be, you know, way later. But if you have the DPC as like a bridge, then it would feel more connected with what you're supporting. Because if you bought, let's say you released the battle pass in, I don't know, June instead of May, right? And then... In the past, you would have it lead into TI in August. If you released it in June and then it led into DPC starting in September or October or whatever, then there is that like continuity in it. Yeah, true. And then it also feels like we catch up to TI in the battle pass that way. So I think that would be elegant. I, I just, I, I don't think they're ever going to cap TI prize pool. I think they, it's no. shown like they've obviously, based on their priorities, uh, they care about that big number. Big numbers uh, makes the headlines. Got to beat last year, which you know a few years ago I was like, "There's no way they're gonna top last year's prize." But make enough hats, you can do anything you want, I guess. And it depends if you can change the narrative, right? If you can change the narrative from biggest, uh, biggest esports prize pool ever, you can change the biggest esports season prize pool ever, and then have people contribute to the season. The problem is they don't have that because that was in Fortnite with a hundred million, I think. Uh, they had a right. season worth $100 million I mean, You can still ago, cap whatever. it by an extra dollar every year, and it's still the biggest single tournament prize pool ever because nobody's touching TI prize pool for a single turn anyway. Yeah. So, I guess you could beat it by one buck and then put the rest into Like what, oh, That's kind there, of funny, actually. Is there really a difference like from a public perspective between $23 million and thirty? Like, honestly, that's seven extra million? Or $6,999,999 could have been used for the rest of the DPC to pay people that our tier two teams, for example, the tier one teams, everybody gets a salary. Like that sounds yeah. like a win-win for everybody. I don't think anybody says no to that. It would be pretty except huge for the people at the top brainwashing everybody, Cinderin. Don't forget yeah. the top, the brainwashers. They're wiping their butts in the fountain with thousand dollar bills. That's I could see it. I could yep. see it. Okay. Uh, last topic before we get to the mailbag. Um, <laughs> this is so weird. Okay. So I, yeah, okay. there is an eSports Certification Institute, which is a public benefit corporation created to foster professionalism, promote meritocracy, and increase diversity and inclusion in eSports. Uh, so there's this, I guess it's a company, has a website which doesn't work right now, by the way. Uh, and they made some very interesting posts. Essentially, what it's supposed to do is give you like, you pay four hundred dollars to get 
to take an exam, and if you pass it, you're esports certified. And they, again, I can't visit the site, but they had a lot of people as kind of their expert panel, or whatever you want to call it, which I don't, again, a lot of those people were very quiet. They didn't, because a lot of people shit all over this idea. So I don't know if they were actually involved with it directly or if they just like answered an email and were put on the website. I, I haven't gotten that verified yet. But there is, <laughs> so I got a tweet here that shows a couple example questions <laughs> that are on this exam. Right. So this is just a random one. Your marketing team is experimenting with creating a soft drink. The ratio by volume of flavoring to sugar to water, the drink is 1 to 5 to 25. The soft drink will be altered so that the ratio of flavoring to sugar is halved while the ratio of sugar to water is doubled. If the final drinks contain 4 ounces of sugar, how many ounces of water will it contain? Has four multiple choice questions. What the fuck is that supposed to do? What does answering that even do? So, of course, a lot of people shit on this. Well, Okay, go ahead. If you're going to work in esports and you're going to be working in, if, okay, um, let me think. So you're really trying here. Really you work in esports as you, you want to sponsor a tournament and you work for the Coca-Cola company. Even then it wouldn't fucking be relevant. <laughs> you pay $400 to take this exam, Cinderin. Okay, so everything I've heard about this and everything I've seen, I have not seen the concrete exam itself, but the whole concept of this to me is complete bullshit. Like, of course. There are two options here. Okay, let's look at the positive outlook and the negative outlook. Negative outlook first. This is some people that are trying to con people into getting a certificate that's basically useless and make money off of it. Off of mm -hmm. people that are hopefuls, that want to get into esports, and it's their dream job, they really want to do it, they're willing to shell out the 400 bucks to get a certificate that's worth jack shit. That's the grim outlook. The positive outlook is a lot of people that want to invest into esports and do stuff know nothing about it. So having some sort of a certificate they can lean towards will bring some sort of authenticity that they are interested in. So they're like, oh, they have certificates and shit and people are like actually graduated in this field. The problem is that based on the, some of the exam questions and whatever, they're completely irrelevant to what you're doing in the space. So the people who pass or fail this, it has literally zero representation of what matters. Like, right. Also, you like how do you get esports certified? It's a really complex discipline. It's like there's so many different things you can do that require completely different skill sets. Like being a tournament organizer and being a commentator are two completely different skill sets. You can be amazing at one and shit at the other. So how do you do that in a test like this? Like you could make a certificate for casting and you can make a certificate for organizing or whatever. And then mm -hmm. there could be, you know, skill sets that get tested and that lead into it. I think that could maybe be an interesting thing where if you actually made like guidelines for what people need to be able to do and line out the skills, then people that are, let's say, let's say you're hopeful, you want to become a commentator, but it's really hard to break into the scene because there's so many like juggernauts you have to compete with all the time, but you have this test you can take and you can show that you're really skillful and have a lot of talent. And then maybe some tournament organizers will be like, Hey, we want to run a tournament that's not expensive, so we're not going to get the premier casters. Then you can look at like people that have this certificate and have excelled in the exam. That's how you know the usual work world works: is that you need someone for a position. Are you willing to pay for the guy who wants a to want a million dollars a year? Maybe not. Maybe you want someone that's a two hundred k. Okay, what are the options? You know what I mean? 
Like you're no, doing something I, like that. But. I totally. It, it just feels like. You're right. This is so weird. Without the like, names on that, like, again, I didn't take a screenshot because I didn't think their website would just be torn down because of the shit that they went through in terms of the public perception. But without those names, I was like, this is 100% a scam, right? Like, Yeah, it's really, pay for this? exactly. If there weren't those any of those names on the website, I would 100% write this off as a scam. Like, actually. So how do they get all those names on the website? Like... None That's, of those people have come out and said they don't represent it, right? They're not like, true. yeah, this is fake or so. As far as I've seen, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, <laughs> it's to a point where if I'm looking to hire, it would yeah. actually, I would look more down on you if you had this certificate. <laughs> I feel like that's actually a negative to a certain point. Uh, but yeah, it's really weird. But they did come out with a, a recent tweet um, actually a few hours ago, which I guess I'll... Okay, this is a long twit longer, so I'll just read a couple things here. This has been humbling. First of all, thank you to the entire esports community for your feedback. We read through every response, retweet, and we were lucky enough to also engage in dialogue with some of y'all. We hear you. We have plenty to fix and much to iterate through. TLDR, we're pausing all new signups for the certification exam and refunding all payments from the test signups to date and study guide donations. Additionally, we're going to rethink how we want to solve the problem of nepotism and bad hiring in esports and again they continue on but i'm not going to read everything so they're going to rethink it uh okay so i guess that's good but yeah they they got shit on like big time i haven't seen at first when that came out i was like this is an april fool's joke right but wait it's the end of april it's kind of the opposite now but pretty incredible i mean i i think if their target, if their goal is what they say, that's admirable, right? That they're like, this is an industry where nepotism plays too big a role. We want to have more of a level playing field where talent and skill is more relatively rewarded than knowing the right people. The thing is, in basically every industry, knowing the right people is extremely valuable. So that's not an esports limited thing. If you are related to someone or if you've known them for a long time, whatever, and they trust you and they know you, they're more likely to choose you than someone they don't know, even if they're more qualified, right? Like, that's just, that's just can life. I, can I just have a small so, mini rant, uh-huh. just a mini one? People sure. that use the word nepotism, do you, get, do you know what that means? What do you think nepotism means, Sindarin? Nepotism means that you give, you reward jobs or positions of power to people that you're related to rather than people that have the necessary skills for it. Right. So people use nepotism for everything. What if it's a friend? What do you think that's called? Do you know offhand? Because in most situations where people are complaining about it, it's not I would actually say nepotism. nepotism. Is, nepotism is bloodline, I think. Yes. For yes. the Liter- most part. Literally or, related. Yes. Yeah. So do you or know married to, right? Or yeah. something like that. So what's the other? What's so friends? Family called? relations. I don't know. Plain favorites? It's called cronyism. Nobody ever Cronyism. uses it, oh. and I think it sounds cool. Why, why use nepotism for everything when you got a cool word called, nepo- or <laughs> called cronyism? That's friends, okay? That's the Actually. correct usage. Today you learned, yeah. ladies and that gentlemen. That is true. Okay, so mm. yeah. with that, let's do the first Patreon mailbag question and call it a night, Cinderman. Did I actually finish off what I wanted to say about this thing? I don't care. Um, I, do, I really I mean, don't care. Okay. That's, that's harsh. That's the fucking truth, isn't it? Um, Go ahead. I'm Go just ahead. here to talk about basketball. I don't give a shit about the rest. What are my testicles made out of, Cinderin? That's um, right. Yeah, leather. Um, that's right. Very so, good. 
No, but I, I guess, okay, so in any field, whether it's esports or other fields, I think standing up to trying to limit the impact of nepotism or cronyism, oh, nice word there. Thank you. Uh, it's good. It's admirable. I think if that was their goal, they totally missed the mark with how they tried to do it, though. I think that's the problem here. People aren't against the cause. They're against the way it was organized with this the execution. seemingly meaningless exam that didn't make the like putting a price point on it like this, etc. Uh, I think they just came off on the wrong foot. And maybe a better strategy could have been like, hey, this is what we're trying to do. We're looking for people to talk to uh, that work within the industry, brainstorm, make ideas. Maybe that's what they already did with that board or whatever. These like 100 people they list on their homepage. But I think if this was the collective best idea these people came up with, I think they weren't really trying very much. Like, yeah. There's a lot of people on that list that are really smart and really skilled within this space. They should be able to give better advice than this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you guys uh, need an uh, advisor... It's a total disconnect. Uh, I'll, I'll do it. You have to pay me $400, though, and I'll give you one piece yeah. of advice that will be better than what you came out with. Okay. But tell me this last question before we finish off and move okay. on. Mm -hmm. Do you think playing favorites is a bigger problem in esports than other industries? Do you think nepotism or cronyism, whatever you want to call it, is more rampant here than in other places? That does not mean it's not a problem. Just you, I'm just gonna, not going to write gonna it off say, and be like, yeah, it's a problem everywhere, so whatever. Is it bigger here? Yes, I think so. Okay. I think there's less restrictions. and Esports is like the Wild West, so there's far less mm -hmm. restrictions. You don't have to, I don't know, just in regular business life, like you have an HR department, for example, there's nothing like that in fucking esports. Right. <laughs> right. Like your your HR department is the the public opinion on social media, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's as close as you're gonna get. So, yeah, I think I think right. it's an issue. Like even with our own like talent industry within Dota itself, like cronyism mm -hmm. is a huge thing. Like even like I'm not just I'm not calling anybody out, but even with Moonduck, I mean I guess it's our own studio, so it's a little bit different, but. You know, even before we created Moonduck, I would invite people to tournaments that I like to work with, which I feel like is kind of okay. Like that's completely normal. But it's you technically want cronyism. to work with people you want to work with. But it's technically cronyism to some degree, at least, right? I mean, that's that's kind of a that's kind of a slippery slope, then, right? It's it like is. saying you can't invite anyone for you can't invite anyone over another person because you like them more to work with, <laughs> but only because they're better, right? Like, you can literally only invite the best people, not the best team players, for example. You know? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's just wrong. It's so, a, I don't know if it's I would wrong, not call it cronyism a... that you run a tournament and you invite the people that you want to work with. It's your fucking tournament. Okay, so where does that line end exactly then? Because you, you could use that logic for any walk, right. like any esports so, position. So, for example, let's say... Um, what would be a good example? I, I think an example of, of, of cronyism or nepotism or whatever that people could relate to is, for example, in recent American politics, right, with Trump as president. I don't want to get political here about it. It's Too not late. Like, but the, yeah, I guess. But, you know, if, you, if there's a lot of really, like, qualified and skillful people and you choose family members to take all of these positions over people that are more qualified, that is a pretty ex clear example of nepotism, right? Right. So an eSport equivalent of that would be you're hosting a tournament and you need tournament organizers and you need uh, casters and whatnot. And you just pick your friends that you know from high school to run this tournament and cast the games. And they're clearly shit, right? 
at the job, but yeah, you but pick them. Technically, like on a talent perspective, it's subjective though, right? Because one right. person's shit might be another person's gold mine. True. I'm not saying so, it's super so easy. Maybe, and, and, maybe it's mm -hmm. a little less subjective when you go to other walks, like if it's tournament organizing, like you could just be bad at it. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, actually a really good example is, oh my God, what's his name? What's the SEA caster? Zyklops. Right. I have never seen more polarizing reaction. Like that's correct. Like I talk about how I'm polarizing to some people. It's I I could not believe mm -hmm. it was either completely shit on him or completely in love with him, and there's like no in between. Right. So that's an example of like subjective talent, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe that's the anomaly is the ta <clears throat> talent side of things. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think of like. So if this if this is trying to combat that it's about knowing the right people and being friends with the right people versus being skilled, I think within the field, to from my own personal experience here, I don't know a lot about the other scenes and whatnot, but everyone I have worked with at an event as talent has been qualified. So then we're down to the thing we talked about, right, with who you would like to work with or who you think is good for the product or whatever. But in Dota, to my experience, in terms of casting, we've never had an example of we're giving this to someone who's completely incompetent just because have you not the tournament seen... organizer knows his sister. Completely right? like... incompetent. Have you not seen Sir Action Slacks at any event, Cinder? True. <laughs> True. <laughs> He's hosted Which... many events, believe it or not. So that that's why I have this perspective of I don't I don't know how rampant the problem is like what scenes are really affected by it. I think in Dota the talent scene is healthy at least for the most part. Uh, but maybe that's I'm just willfully ignorant. I don't know. Like maybe there's big problems that I'm not seeing. But for the most part, qualified people have, you know, been given chances, been doing events. Uh, it's obviously hard to break through if you're new. But I think that's. That's the game, though. I don't think you can expect upcoming casters to get the same chances as established commentators, right? Like That's just any industry, though. <clears throat> so you can yeah. be amazing, an amazing musician. You still need to get your big break. And is that unfair? Maybe, but like you need to be discovered, right? Odie Pixel started out from almost nothing, and he's at the top of the top now, right? He got a, a good game, he got lucky, and he rode with it. So I mean, having said that, I think... Regardless of that game, he would have made it anyway, easily. Yeah. I mean, he was clearly very skillful, and he kept grinding and casting games, so he found gigs and got opportunities and got, you know, got to the big stage. And he's not the only one. There's been plenty of people like that in Dota. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. That's the whole thing for me with this, is that I, I don't know how big the problem is that they're trying to solve and in which parts of the industry the problem exists. And this... Either way, this is definitely not the solution. So, yeah, I think we can uh, agree on that. Okay, admirable cause. Let's let's finish this up with a Patreon mailbag question from Niebling yes. himself. Together, oh. you are given total creative control for season two of Dragon's Blood. What's the overall story arc going to look like oh. for each of the main characters? Do you want to work together on this? Sure, I think that's better. Okay, so. Number one thing that has to happen, I think you will agree with me, Pudge needs to make an appearance of some kind, okay? That's not one of the main characters. It does. Uh, okay, I understand, but we have to kill off a character in order to introduce another main character, which is Pudge, which everybody wants, okay? Okay. So who dies other than Selimene because nobody gives a shit about her, okay? We got Invoker, Dragonite, Marana, and Marcy. <laughs> 
Terrorblade will live. That's the main villain. He's got to stay there. Right. Okay, so who do you kill off, Cinderin? Well, I guess if you kill off Marcy, she won't scream, so it'll be less painful. But that hurts. That hurts for you to say. I love Marcy. Me too. Okay, Marcy's dead. Introduce Pudge. What does he do in the show? Do you, do you want to like explain how it happened? If you want, sure. Pudge hooks him. Pudge hooks her. Shannon, this is not going very well. I don't want Pudge. What? I thought we agreed. I want Marcy. I want Marcy. Okay, tell me your version what of the story. What part of what then? I said made you think I agreed that we need Pudge when I said, eh? <laughs> I, I just thought you wanted Pudge. I, I never met anybody that didn't want Pudge in the show. So, just weird. But go ahead, I mean, Mr. It's Robot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell me your story then, and I'll tell you mine. How how about we focus on the characters we have? Okay. Okay. So what do you want to happen with Invoker? Uh by the way, if you haven't realized already, this will be spoilery. Um Yeah. Well, we Invoker. haven't really spoiled much yet. But now we will, maybe. Invoker. Well, he gets redemption. He's not going to kill. Obviously, Selimani is going to get out of it. Like she's going to be a recurring mm-hmm. character, almost certainly. He's going to turn the tables on terribly in some fashion. Uh, I hope he's able to revive his daughter somehow, or right. go back in time with like help from Faceless Void or something. Whoever the fuck can bring okay. him back. I think I that could see be. that. I can't see it, but I'd like to. Okay. You? Uh, what 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 should happen to Dragon Knight? Should he lose control or gain control of himself? He's gonna lose control first, and then gain control in the last episode. Okay, so that's the writing for him. His gotcha. is very basic. Yes, very telegraphed. Marcy gets a five G chip implant that makes her speak. Okay, the vaccine. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, she gets a Corona vaccine. Okay. And makes her able to talk, and she sees frogs everywhere. You know, once she starts talking, nobody's going to like her. So I actually hope that doesn't happen. I hope she stays the way she is. She's perfect. Damn, that's really harsh of you to say. Okay, so my next prediction is Marana will die. Okay. Luna will die. And they will replace them with Kunkka and Tidehunter. <laughs> Kunkka, Tidehunter, and Pudge will be in the same They're room so together. Far. <laughs> So far, okay, so the question was, we write the story arc of the main characters, and your story arcs literally fucking kill them and replace them. Bring in better characters, the gentlemen and ladies, please. I thought you liked the characters. No, they're fine. It's just Tidehunter Kunkka is, like, the, that's the best right. combo you can okay. find. Like, I, they have to be in the show. They have to. Okay. Please. Yeah. I think there's a good chance we get that. I don't. But or I, Pudge. Or Pudge. They they need to do some fan service. I mean, they showed a picture of Pangolier, but it's not Pangolier apparently. So that's the opposite of fan service. That's fan disservice, if I do say so myself. I, as a Pangolier spammer, am offended by that picture of somebody that looks exactly like Pangolier, except a little fatter. That made me a little bit more excited because I can relate more to a fat, disgusting beast sitting on the floor. So quite. He was in a training dojo, and you can't relate to that. Well, he looked tired. Doesn't mean he was Who? actually trained. He could have just visited. He he walked there and passed off. That sounds more like my speed, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, okay, so basically we have no fucking idea how to answer your question. 
I thought I thought you did great, Shannon. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was very good. Uh, I I don't dislike the characters. I think I talked about this already, but I would love to see Pudge conquer Tidehunter. Uh, they would. Be what? Cool. Yo, hear me out. What if that picture was the so-called Pango, which isn't Pango, right? In that dojo. Yes. What if they actually go there to train in the dojo so that they can get an esports certificate? Wow, that is the. But the problem is they have to redo that scene because they're redoing the esports certificate, right? That's the beauty of the certificate, though, is that it could be anything, seemingly. So mm. that doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, I mm-hmm. believe the, uh, yeah, this episode is going to have a good name. I can think of one right now. So anyway, uh, that brings us to the end. Uh, it feels weird not to end with a question for you that you just say no to every time, but I actually have nothing for you to watch that I feel very strongly about right now. No. So we'll we'll get I to that seen eventually. It. I see. Yeah. Have you have you seen whatever? No. Okay. So thanks for watching, everybody. We really appreciate it. Until next week, Suns fan and Cinderin signing out. Goodbye. Bye. Don't forget to get your certificates we and subscribe. But thanks for listening. Yeah.